inviting and and to to be better and so um i'm just super excited so you guys I, this is my first time doing it like this so please bear with me but i know this is about to be powerful i know that word is even speaking to somebody right now and so i'm just i'm just like overjoyed about this this new experience of doing a podcast and just having these different uh just these different options available to do to do things with the podcast that I, I really didn't know i could do from this platform come on somebody sometimes we think we're more limited than what we really are because we all are so used to doing something one way we may only do it try it that way but we don't recognize that there is another functionality there's another level of functionality there's a there are more options if we just get out of that comfort zone come on somebody if we just get out of that comfort zone and be willing to go and try to do it a new way because god is doing a new thing amen and so we're about to get started guys I'm going to go ahead and let the countdown roll. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Welcome to the Purity After Promiscuity podcast, where we are redefining a woman's worth. I am your host, Janelle Renee, and I'm so excited for whoever is listening to this, um, to today's episode Today's episode is affectionately titled, The Last Shall Be First. Come on, somebody. The Lord dropped that in my spirit literally just a few minutes ago because I really came into my secret place to spend time with the Lord, to hear from him and to really, you know, just lay out my burdens before him. And as I thought I was about to go into reading my word and to really just seeking him and just spending time in his presence, I just felt something drop in my spirit that said, the last shall be first. And so then I went to the word and I'm like, okay. And so I looked it up in Matthew. It's in Matthew um, 20 and 8. 20 and 16 and then it just really hit me in my spirit that I should go ahead and do the podcast right now in this moment and I should title it the last show be first and so I know if you're anything like me you have been in season after season where you feel like you've been last where you feel like you've been overlooked where you feel like you've been forgotten where you feel like you've been hidden you've been in the background right and it's like you 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 know you're anointed and you know you have you you have these giftings right you know you're called for more okay you know you know the lord has something um, just amazing in store for you. You know, whether he's revealed it to you, you may have received a prophetic revelation, a prophetic word. You know, he might have put it in your spirit. He might have given you a dream. But there's something about you where you know that it got to be more to life than this. Amen. You feel like you've been in a dry place. You've been in a dry season. And you you have even heard word after word like, you know, this is due season or this is the, you know, season where God is going to do it. This is your, your your season of new. This is your season where, where you know, you're going to walk into your blessing. You're going to walk into your promise. You know, we've kind of heard those kind of words over and over again. We've even heard certain scriptures used, you know, like I know one that's very familiar is Amos 9, 13 and 15. And, and particularly the message version, because the message version, the language is so much more powerful. And it's so much more relatable. We can understand when it tells us it won't be long now. We understand that when it tells us God's decree, we understand that that means God has already 
legislated it, that it's already done, right? When it tell us that things are going to happen so fast, so fast, we understand that language. And so it's so it's much more relatable to us. And we can hold on to that word. When we hear that things are going to happen so fast, our head is going to swim. We won't be able to keep up one thing on the fast of the heels of the other. Everywhere we look, blessings. And so I know I have heard that particular scripture and i've heard messages on that scripture i heard prophetic words on that scripture i've heard you know um words of knowledge and wisdom on that scripture i've heard people just you know say the lord put that in their spirit and you know is saying this is the season that we're in and i've and i've laid hold of that word in different seasons right just for not to see it come to pass in my life, right? Um, there are times where you hear, you know, terms where people might say, um, this is going to be a September to remember, a November to remember. Oh, this is going to be Christmas in July. You know, they kind of, you know, say that the that the Lord, the Spirit of the Lord gave them these words, you know, that they release to the people that lets us know that this is going to be a pregnant season. You know, that this is going to be a season where we're going to see blessings and breakthroughs and answer prayers and, you know, or you might have heard a message or a word that's saying you're the time of your wilderness is over you're now crossing over this is your season of crossing over you're crossing over into your promised land you're about to be into in the land of increase and a land of, a land of abundance and i could go on and on down the list of different words that we all have probably heard over the years over the seasons and and if you're anything like me you just kind of look around and you're like but i don't see it Right. And then there may be people around you that it seems like it's happening for everybody but you. Come on, somebody, you know that there are just secret things that maybe only you and God know that are in your hearts. Right. That you desire. And it feels like and it looks like and seems like that everyone around you is receiving and getting the very thing that you desire. Right. It seems like, you know, you know, you're qualified, you know, you're gifted, you know, you're anointed, you know that you have the solution, but it seems like nobody calls your name. Come on, somebody, you know, the Lord may have told you to start a YouTube channel, to start a business, to apply for the job, to apply, you know, for the for the school. He might have told you to start the ministry. He might have told you to relocate and go to that new place. Right. He might have told you to leave your family and your relatives and everything that's familiar and follow him. He might have told you to go and like he told the rich man, the rich young man to go sell all your stuff and follow him. And you're like, OK, Lord, I and you've done it in obedience and you expected to, to see the manifestation of a blessing. You expected to see, you know, things work in your favor. You expected to see a move of God like never before. You expected to see God just do a miracle in your life. And then, but you just found yourself being in a dry place. If that's you, I'm speaking to you today. I'm speaking to you today because God is saying the last shall be first and the first shall be last. So I'm actually going to read this story, the parable of the vineyard workers, right? Because that's where that scripture comes from. And a lot of times when we hear scripture or we quote scripture, we got to be very mindful to understand the context. We have to understand, you know, the who the what the author is saying, who was the audience, what did they mean? What does the scripture mean what does it mean the last shall be first and the first shall be last so i just want to read it to you guys you guys can always you know get your uh, bible and follow along or in your own time you can um just meditate on matthew 20 1 through 16 um, but the version i'm reading it says for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early in the morning to hire workers for his vineyard after agreeing with the workers on the denarius for the day he sent them into his vineyard. When he went out about nine in the morning, he saw others standing in the marketplace doing nothing. To those men, he said, you also go to my vineyard and I will give you whatever is right. So off they went about noon and at three, he went out again and did the same thing. Then about five, he went and found others standing around and said to them, why have you been standing here all day doing nothing? Because no one has hired us, they said to him. You also go to my vineyard, he told them. When evening came, the owner of the vineyard told his foreman, call the workers and give them their pay, starting with the last and ending with the first. Come on, somebody. <laughs> That's revelation right there. Starting with the last. Come on, he said, 
Call the workers and give them their pay. Come on now. Give them their pay. Give them what's owed to them. Give them what's due. Give them, you know, their, their recompense. Give them their reward for the work that they have done. He said, give them their pay starting with the last and ending with the first. When those who were hired about five came, they each received one denarius. So when the first ones came, they assumed they would get more, but they also received a denarius each. When they received it, they began to complain to the landowner. These last men put in one hour, and you made them equal to us, who bore the burden of the day and the burning heat. He replied to one of them, friend, I'm doing you no wrong. Didn't you agree with me on a denarius? Take what's yours and go. I want to give this last man the same as I gave you. Don't I have the right to do what I want with my business? Are you jealous because I'm generous? So the last will be first and the first last. Come on, somebody. And we know contextually, you know, this is really talking about the kingdom because every parable and every um, teaching that Jesus taught in the New Testament, we know that he's really talking about the kingdom because Jesus was kingdom minded. So even this is talking about the kingdom because every one of us have an assignment in the kingdom of heaven. Everything that the Lord is wanting to do in the earth, he is doing it through a man and a woman of God. And some of us know that the Lord has spoken a word over us or given us a, a, um, a dream or a desire to do something great. But it seemed like ever since you got that word, I don't know about if it's just me. But it seemed like ever since I didn't receive these words about what God is going to do in my life and what God, you know, is going to use me to do and, and, and where God is going to take me and, and all of these things. It just seemed like all hell has broke loose. I don't know if it's just me. But then it just kind of reminds me of in Psalm 105 when it tells us that the word tested Joseph until the time of his prediction came true. You know, and I kind of just meditated on that. And I'm like, Lord, that's an interesting thing for it to say. Like the word tested him. And it's like, well, why did the word have to test him? And then and we have to get understanding that Joseph was in this time of text. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Joseph was in this time of testing for quite a while. Right. When you go to the story of Joseph, I think what does it start in Genesis 39? Let me look real quick because I don't want to steer you guys wrong. So let me go here and look at my Bible really quickly. You guys might hear the pages of my Bible turning. Please excuse that. So. So it is actually going to start in Genesis 37. In Genesis 37, that's where we meet Joseph, right? And he is the beloved favorite son of his father, Jacob. He is the son of his father's old age. He is the son of, you know, um, his father's wife that he really loved. We know that Jacob loved Rachel. He didn't really want to be with Leah. He was kind of deceived and tricked to marry Leah um, by the father Laban. And so he took her as a wife, but he didn't really have that affection for her because that's not who he desired. And so he really just wanted Rachel. So he was willing to work another seven years, totaling 14 years to get the woman of his desire see that lets us know ladies we're going to stop and put a pin right here ladies daughters of jerusalem daughters of zion please understand that a man will if when he is interested he will he is going to pursue and he will go to do whatever he needs to do to pursue you, right? In 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 God, right? We're not asking him to do or expecting him to do anything irreasonable or illogical. But we cannot think for one moment that because the Lord might have us in a place where we don't think there's any good men that the Lord can't have one find us. We can't think for one moment. We can't think for one moment because the Lord might have revealed it to you who your husband is and you feel like you live on one side of the world and he's on the another and that that man won't do what he needs to do to come and to pursue you. Don't think don't think for one moment that the man of God that God has for you is not going to do what he needs to do as a man to pursue the woman that he is interested in, the one that the Lord has has revealed to him, the one that he desires, because a man will pursue, a man will go to great lengths to get what he desires. So I just wanted to say that because I know some of my sisters, 
like myself are believing to be married. And so I just want to say, sister, don't worry. Don't feel like you got to get to a place of desperation where you got to allow the world to tell you it's okay for a woman to, to pursue or to shoot her shot. Like, you know, listen, you listen to the Lord and you just be in position and keep being obedient to do what God has told you to do. Keep serving, keep, you know, keep, keep um, working, keep doing, you know, whatever God has already given you in your hand, right? You just focus on that. Focus on God and him being your husband and believe you me, that man gonna come get you, sis. Okay, that man gonna come do what he got to do. He don't matter where you are. You might feel like you in a pit. You might feel like you in a prison. Believe you me, that man of God will come and break you out. Make no mistake about it, because that these are the men of God that God has raised up and prepared, and these are the men of God that God has processed, and they're already and willing and obedient to do what it is that they need to do so i don't know that just hit my spirit so hard so I, that's for somebody listen sis be at peace be at peace. Be at ease. Don't worry. Don't worry about your circumstances. Don't worry about your situation. Don't worry about if you don't feel like you got every single thing together. Don't worry about if you feel like you, you've just been in this place where you've been invisible or don't nobody see you or whatever your situation is. Don't worry about that. The man God has for you, the Lord will send him. Okay? And he'll be willing to do what he needs to do. And so Jacob worked 14 years for uh, Rachel. And he got Rachel. And he loved her. But Rachel ended up being barren for a good portion of their life. And so Rachel was not able to conceive children until he got old in age. And she conceived and gave birth to Joseph first and then Benjamin. But in her giving birth to Benjamin, she actually ended up um, transitioning and dying. Um, but, you know, Benjamin lived. And so Joseph, you know, he was this favorite son. He was favored by his father so much so that he had a special coat, a coat of many colors. And, you know, the father did not hide, right? He, he, didn't, he, he did not hide the fact that he favored this particular son, this son Joseph. And so we see Joseph already, he has an anointing. Because, see, that's what the anointing does. The anointing draws favor. So even though you think you're in a low place, even though you think that you're in a dry place, even though you feel like you're in a wilderness, even though you feel like you're in a pit, right? You feel like, you know, you're in a place where your life is chaotic and everything has fallen apart. But somehow, some way, you keep, you still have favor with people. That's the anointing. And I know that's my testimony. Even though I am where I am, it's like I still have found favor with certain people. Amen. And these people, they just love on me and they're there for me and they they bless me and they pour into me. And, and I just find favor. You know, I keep being given, you know, all kind of gifts and all kind of things and blessings. I just find favor. That's because that is the anointing. And so because Joseph, he had an anointing on his life, his anointing had, had caused him to have favor. And then his anointing caused him to begin to be a dreamer. Some of you are dreamers. Some of you, the Lord has been speaking to you in dreams. He gives you dreams. He gives you visions, visions of the night, right? And so it's very imperative that you wake up and you record those things and you really pray about them and allow God to give you the interpretation Yes, you can take classes and courses. You can read books to learn how to interpret dreams. But we always have to understand that God is very vast. He is unlimited. So there's no one way. And so don't get caught up into an idea that every dream, everything symbolically means this. Because that's not going to be the case. Because there are times where God will use something in your dream. And you think it means one thing and it means something totally different. So you always want to take all your dreams to the Holy Spirit. But Joseph had a dream, right? And he had two dreams and his dreams meant the same thing. And basically it was saying that he was going to be exalted and that everybody else was going to basically bow down to him or worship him or be under him, right? And so his brothers felt a way about that and he began to be hated even the more. And even his father felt a way, but it's interesting how it still says that, but his father, you know, kept that in his heart or he, he kind of kept that in his mind though, even though he felt a way, it was something about that dream that he knew that maybe it could have some truth to it. So he, he still held on to it, but it is that favor and it is those dreams that caused joseph to go into the pit and then from the pit he was sold into slavery and from slavery he was put into prison now he did nothing to go into any of these things other than the fact that he had favor and he had a dream come on somebody 
sometimes we find ourselves being sold and sold out or sold into slavery sometimes we find ourselves being thrown in the pits by people we love by people we expected to be there for us sometimes we're betrayed sometimes you know people turn their back on us sometimes they stab us in the back sometimes they don't show up for us they don't support us sometimes you know we're sold out we're sold into slavery where you know they promise that they would you know do something or or promise us an opportunity or something and then they give it to someone else or sometimes you know we tell somebody something is secret and in confidence and they tell our you know and they reveal our secrets and to other people you know sometimes we're sold into slavery where we have to find ourselves going and working and doing things that we really don't want to do you might have to take a lower paying job you might have to rob peter to pay paul you might have to find yourself serving somebody else in order for you to make ends meet right and then if that wasn't enough then potiphar's wife decides that she wants joseph because he obviously he fine because he fine and he got favor because how many of us know you can already be physically attractive but it's something about you being physically attractive and the anointing on you that makes you even more attractive so come on somebody and so it attracted Potiphar's wife to the point that she wanted to sleep with Joseph. And Joseph was such a man of integrity and he was so loyal that he said, no, I shall not do this against the against my God. And he because he understood it wasn't about Potiphar, even though he respected and honored Potiphar. He understood that not only would he be doing it against Potiphar, but he would be doing it against the Lord. And so he refused. And because he refused to do what she wanted him to do, she lied and said that he tried to rape her and see some of us have been lied on come on some of us have been lied on some of us has been talked about some of us has been mocked some of the some of us has been disgraced some of us has been humiliated and so you know joseph he experienced that but see he still was anointed and he still was favored because everywhere he went he was elevated then he ends up in the prison he was falsely accused of raping this woman and now he ends up in prison for something he he didn't do but because we serve a sovereign god god uses everything and so because god uses everything he still got elevated in the prison he still was elevated to be a captain over all the other prisoners and then even in prison come on somebody that's why you feel like you're in a demonic prison under a demonic spirit of oppression or that you feel like you're under poverty or lack or sickness and disease all of these things that are rooted from demonic forces you might feel like you're in that right now but for some reason there's still a time for you to use your gift it's like it don't make sense that even though you in this dark place, some reason, somehow you still find a way that you get to you're, you're creating, you're being fruitful, you're ministering, you're 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 helping, you're praying for people. You're still able to work. You're still able to be a parent or you're still able to serve. You're still able to do whatever the anointing is on you to do. You find a way. Come on, somebody and see Joseph, because he was a dreamer, he also was able. He had the gift of dream interpretation and because he had the gift of the of dream interpretation when the baker and the cupbearer had a dream he was in the right place at the right time come on somebody god is speaking the holy spirit is speaking the spirit of the lord is speaking i pray that you have an ear to hear see sometimes god allow us to stay in the prison a little longer because he knows that we got to be in the right place at the right time so joseph even being in the prison he was his gift was being called on they had dreams and he was in the right place to interpret their dreams come on somebody so you can be in a prison you can be in a demonic prison you can be experiencing warfare that you didn't bring on yourself. You can be experiencing attacks of the enemy that you did not bring on yourself. You can be experiencing physical circumstances that you did not bring on yourself. And you find yourself being in a prison. But God will still allow you to cultivate that gift. To cultivate the muscle of that gift. Amen. And so he was able to interpret their dreams. He interpreted their dreams. And what he interpreted, it came true. The baker was beheaded. The cupbearer, he was restored to his rightful place. And so, but Joseph thought that that was his time to come out. 
He thought that was his, you know, he thought that was his get out of jail free card, amen. So when they got called to go back before the king, he's like, yo, don't forget about me. Hey, keep in mind, remember what I did. Remember I interpreted your dream. So when you go back before the before Pharaoh, make sure that you put in a good word for me. Now, how many of us have been, like, let's be honest with ourselves. How many of us have helped somebody in our in our dark place? And we said, don't forget us. Make sure you look out for me. Don't forget about me. Like when, you know, when you get successful, when your business start taking off, don't forget about me. When your ministry start taking off, don't forget about me. When you get the promotion, don't forget about me. You know, when you get into the new place, when you get married, don't forget about me. Right? There's many, there may be some times in your life where you've helped somebody, where you've been a blessing to somebody and you let them know like, hey, just make sure the only thing I need you to do for me is remember me. Remember me. Put Make sure you, you, you mention my name to, to, to the right person who is in the authority or who's in a position who can help me. And see, Joseph wanted to get out of prison. He was ready to get out of prison and rightfully so because he was there and he didn't do anything. He was there falsely accused, but God can even use a prison. Come on, somebody. So then the cupbearer, he goes back to being restored as a cupbearer. And the Bible tells us that he forgot about Joseph. So now Joseph is in this prison. He's been he's been used. He's been elevated because the anointing is on his life and he got favor. He's been still able to utilize his gift and work out his gift and his muscles of his anointing. He He's helping people. But yet still, he's still in prison. Come on, somebody. I need you to understand. See, God needed to keep him in prison a little longer because he needed it to be the right time. So God understands. He sees us. When Hagar was left and she ran away from Sarah because Sarah was mistreating her and being so mean to her because really Hagar got full of pride and she began to have contempt in her heart towards Sarah because now she was able to conceive a child and Sarah could not. So because her attitude changed towards Sarah and it began to make Sarah feel some kind of way, Sarah recognized, and you know what? I'm the one in the position of authority. I'm the one in the position that I have really, I have more control over you. So now I'm going to put the press on you a little more. I'm going to put my foot on your neck a little more. I'm going to make you uncomfortable because now Sarah is starting to feel, she's starting to feel the effects of her bad decision. And so Hagar now is starting to feel like she doesn't want to continue to be under this under this tyrant, under this arm of Sarah, under this, you know, this 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 evil, you know, this this hurtful abuse that Sarah is putting upon her and she leave and she run away and she go into that dry place and go into the desert and she's crying out and God comes the angel of the Lord comes to her and she calls him El Roi, God the God who sees me. And God told her to go back. And see, sometimes when we try to leave a place, oh my God, I feel the anointing. When we try to leave a place before it's time, come on somebody, we're not properly processed for the, for, for the elevation, for the promotion, to walk into the fullness of the, of the dream or the manifestation of the promise or the place that God has for us. See, Hagar was trying to leave in that moment, but it wasn't time for her to leave. So what did the angel of the Lord tell her? He told her to go back to her mistress. He, but he gave her a promise. He gave her a promise concerning her and that child that she was bearing. And so, but he told her to go back. See, Joseph was trying to get out of prison a little sooner than it was time. He thought it was time for him to get early release. Come on, somebody. If you if you know anybody or you have any loved ones who've been in prison, you understand judicial release where they get out early. See, sometimes we want judicial release in the spirit. Come, oh, my God. Sometimes we want you, we want a judicial release. Sometimes we want our sentence shortened so because we feel like i've done nothing to get in this place oh lord or you might feel like maybe i have made some decisions maybe i did sin but i've repented lord i know i shouldn't still be in this prison you might feel like lord you know it's i i, I i'm just to a place where I, I just know that it must be time i've been here this um, x amount of years i've been here x amount of months i've been here x amount of times lord surely it is my time but the lord is saying no i needed you to stay in there a little while longer because i needed you to continue to 
be to to be prepared and processed and see that word tested Joseph he was being tested that entire time be, why was he being tested he was being tested because God needed to see could he trust Joseph with the level of elevation with the level of promotion with the level of prosperity with the level of influence he needed to see because we all think that we can that we can handle the blessing we all think we can handle the promotion but if many of us are honest with ourselves if God was to give it to us when we really thought he should have gave it to us it would have destroyed us we were not ready we were immature and see when you look at Joseph when he began to tell his dreams the he was about 17 years old and when you look up 17 in the Hebrew grammatria it has a lot of meanings to it like 17 in the Hebrew can mean victory but it also can be a sign of immaturity and sometimes a lot of us are still immature spiritually sometimes a lot of us are still immature emotionally some of us are still immature you know um mentally and so the lord understands we're not ready or maybe we still have not gotten the tools we needed to manage our finances maybe we still have don't have the right tools or we still have these learned behaviors from our childhood and our upbringing that are not you know of god or that are not um you know healthy you know there may be some things in us that are still immature and so the word tested joseph because he even though he started out with anointing and favor and he was a dreamer he was he was was a juvenile he was 17 so he was still immature so it took time it took time and it took all of these events in these places it took a being betrayed by his brothers and thrown into a pit it took being sold into slavery it took going into Potiphar's house it took going into prison to prepare Joseph to be in second of command so when we first look at Joseph's story we could look at Joseph and say he's last Look at his life. He's been in prison. He's been a slave. He's been betrayed. He's been sold out. He's been forgot about. He's been, and you have to understand the, the ramifications of the experiences that he had. So being betrayed by your own brothers and your own loved ones, that brought again rejection, abandonment, brokenness. He might have had some hatred. He might have had some rage. He might have had some retaliation because the Bible don't give us those details. But if we just sit and have a moment of reflection and think about ourselves as humans what would we have felt if it was our family that threw us in a pit what do we feel when it's our family that turn their back on us what do we feel when it's our own family that betray us see see we got to understand joseph was dealing with some things he was dealing with some family issues he was dealing with some probably he was dealing with some hurt and some deep hurt he was probably deeply wounded you know he was dealing with some orphan spirit because now he doesn't feel like he's a part of a family he's now been sold he's been totally separated from the people he loved from the only people he know so now he's probably dealing with some an orphan spirit he's probably struggling with his identity because he's coming from being a hebrew and amongst his hebrew family members and and culture now he's all, all the way over in egypt and so now he's dealing with identity issues and see this is why come on somebody this is why god allowed him to go from the pit into Potiphar's house into the prison because the word had to test him because all of those things that came in as a result of the experiences God had to process those things out because if he would have got into second in command and he would have that hurt he would have that bitter that root of bitterness he would have that unforgiveness he will have that you know that re the rejection issues the abandonment issues the wounds he will have that hatred that spirit of murder that probably came in you got to understand, he probably felt like he wanted to kill his brothers. You know, come on, we just because the Bible don't say, that's why we got to sit and we got to meditate and sit in the presence and allow the Lord to make the word of God to come alive and to help us to truly be, uh, to, to understand, to relate to how real it is. He was a human being. He wasn't a super person. He wasn't, you know, did, uh, you know, immortal or, you know, like deity. He was a human being. So you know that he him going through these experiences had impact on his soul even David 
had impact on his soul. Even it took from the time David was anointed until he he actually became king. I think they say it was something about 23 years or 20 years or so. Um, somewhere in that in that area. Why? Because David, he came from a, a dysfunctional home. He came from a broken home. He came from being rejected by his own father. He became, you know, not being good enough by his own father. He came being, you know, ostracized and cast out and, you know, and rejected by his own brothers. He came, he grew up, you know, in rejection. He grew up in abandonment. That's why he says things in the Psalms, like even when my mother and my father forsake me, he knew what it was like to be fatherless and mother, feeling fatherless and motherless, even though physically having parents, but because they haven't parented us, because they haven't been there for us, you feel like you ain't got no mother and your father. That's why he's, we see things in the Psalms that, that says the Lord is a mother to the motherless and a father to the fatherless because he knew what it was like to feel like an orphan to feel unwanted, to feel not good enough, to not be a part, to not be, you know, uh, to, to, to not be accepted. He understood what that was like. And see, those wounds was in his soul and God had to process that out of him. That's why he didn't go from being anointed to being king because he had to be processed. He had to be processed. And this is why David is known as one of the greatest kings that Israel ever had. But it could look like David was last because David was just a shepherd boy. When Samuel went to Jesse's house to anoint the next king, even Samuel assumed that it was Eliab and Abinadab and every single last other, the seven brothers that came before him. And God had to tell him, I don't look at the outer appearance like humans. I look at the heart and it's none of these. And, and he had to say, well, is there because God said it's here, though. Here is the next king. Here is going to be the one that he's choosing. So do you have another son? And then Jesse like, oh, yeah, there's David. But, you know, he, you know, David is out, you know, and the sheep, whatever, you know. He didn't even feel David worthy enough to even have David be presented and to even be considered to be anointed. How many of us are in families where our families don't recognize our worth, our value? Our families don't recognize our anointing. And then we end up with these wounds. We end up with this with, with, with this hurt. We end up with this pain in our soul. And this is why time had to take place. This is why time had to take place for Joseph, for David, and many others throughout the Bible who the Lord spoke a word over their life. But it took time before they actually fulfilled that word because they had to be processed. The reason why it seems like God has just forsaken us or abandoned us, like he don't see us, and then, it, then we think nobody sees us. So we think that God don't see us and we think nobody sees us because our name ain't being called, because nobody is, you know, checking for us, because we don't have a large following on social media because you know we, we we have not been recognized you know for the calling on our life and and we have not stepped into the fullness of our assignment and you know maybe you feel like the lord's promised you marriage but you feel like you're invisible and you're hidden like no nobody checking for you no man hitting you up nobody hopping in your dms and you like lord what is wrong with me like what am i not attractive like am i not you know desirable like what is am i repelling Man, you know, you don't understand it, but it's that God is processing you. And so even though you feel like you're last, even though you feel like you're behind, I know like me, you might feel like I should have been here by now. I should have accomplished this by now. I should have, you know, done X, Y, and Z by now. But see, we got to understand our timing and God's timing is not the same because there came a time. Where his prediction came true, even though the word of the Lord tested Joseph until the time of his prediction came true, until the time that his prediction came true, right? That moment came and he fulfilled the very dream that God gave him. It came to pass. His brothers bowed down to him. His father and his mother and his stepmother and them, they bowed down to him because he was second in command to Pharaoh. He was like a Pharaoh, right? He was in a position of leadership and authority. So the very thing he dreamed came to pass at the right time. But until that time, the word had to test or process him. 
Sometimes we don't realize the depth of the roots that may have grown in us because we have experienced things from our childhood and then things have just compounded. We have maybe experienced disappointments and hopelessness and failed expectations. Maybe we have experienced broken relationships with our family or our parents or romantically or with our friends. Maybe we experienced let down because we went for the promotion and didn't get it. We applied for the job and didn't get it and we know we qualified. Maybe we didn't get into the school when we applied the first time. You know, maybe, you know, you feel like, you know, financially, Financially, you just can't get out of this, you know, cycle where you it's like you're you don't never have enough, right? You just always like in a state of lack where you're living check to check. And you might feel like, you know, that you just been stuck in this this place of being in this redundant cycle, this vicious cycle, right? And you feel like you're last. You're looking around you, you're looking at social media, you're looking at the people that you know, you're looking at your friendships, you're looking at your family members, and you see them excelling, you see them, you know, being fruitful. You see them being blessed. You see them, you know, the Lord, you know, doing things in their life. You see, you know, them being blessed. You see them, you know, rejoicing and having just seasons of celebration. You see and hear testimony after testimony of the goodness of God in their life. But you feel like you're still in this prison. I just want to encourage you. The same with David. David went from being in the, in, he went from tending his father's sheep to going to fight Goliath to going back to his father's sheep pen, but then called by Saul and then pl and then playing the heart for Saul because the Lord sent a tormenting spirit on Saul because Saul's heart wasn't right. And so the, and the only thing that would lift that spirit is David playing the heart. So he gets elevated and he gets so close, right? He gets, he gets very close with Saul. Uh, he even received, you know, Saul's daughter, Michael. He even received her because he could, he uh, uh, defeated Goliath, you know? And so he received rewards for defeating, defeating Goliath. So he got a taste, right? He got a taste of elevation. He got a taste of promotion. But then what happens? Saul begins to, you know, have jealousy or envy towards, towards uh, David. And then he start throwing darts at David. Come on, somebody. Some of us have been betrayed by somebody that we really love, someone that we really were close to, maybe a mentor, you know, maybe somebody that, you know, you you, you really had a, a relationship with and you really respected and honored them, you know, and then all of a sudden they begin to throw darts at you. And then next thing you know, David, you know, he, he gets in the army and he's leading the army and he's going out leading the army and the army. They're getting victory after victory. And no longer are the women singing songs about the great Saul and him killing all the thousands. They're like, yeah, Saul killed thousands, but David, ten thousands. And so now envy and jealousy is beginning to cultivate in Saul to the point where he uh, he now wants to kill David. And now David has to go on the run. David has to go on the run. David has to go in the wilderness. David has to go into the temple and just to, to eat. He had to eat some of the showbread at the, uh, on the table. He had to, you know, then he asked for um, Goliath's shield or sword um, because he understood he had to defend himself while he was out there. But he, he ended up in a cave. He ended up in the low place. He ended up like he went through so many things but even in his low place I'm, i want somebody to hear this even though david went to hide out or to seek refuge in, in a cave in that cave is where those that were assigned to him found him all of those men who were the bible calls them depressed indebted despondent so these were men who had gone through some things. And this is why we can't never discount what we see in the moment. Because these men were down for the count. And then they hooked up with David. And they decided to exalt David as their leader. And they decided to follow David. And in following David, they became a mighty army. Come on, somebody. They became the most undefeated army, okay? They became, they, they became them guys, okay? He had some straight killers, okay? He had the three that, that was killing a thousand by themselves, and then he had the 30 and then he had the rest of the army but see these men started off depressed and despondent and indebted they were rejected and it was those same men that became soldiers great soldiers under the right leadership so that's why you don't never count yourself out because when you get connected to the right leadership when you get connected to the right people or maybe you see men or you see men in your family and you think that they're lost they're a lost cause don't ever count them out 
out because all they need to do is get connected to the right mentor, to the right leader, to the right man of God, to the right person, and they can become a mighty soldier. And so David, even though he was on the run and he was in a cave and he was in a low place, the his anointing still began to draw the things and the people that he needed. So by the time he became king, he was already commander of a vast undefeated army. The Bible says David had victory on every side. The Lord gave David victory on every side, but he learned how to fight and how to war in his wilderness. And But it came a time where he was crowned king over the people. And so this is a time where God is saying the word has tested us. The word has tested you. You might feel like you've been in your season of a dry place, your season of a cave, your season of a pit, your season of a pit, a prison, your season of being enslaved. You may feel like you've been in there for years. And 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 you may have, because that's not unusual. It's not uncommon. It's biblical. It's in the Bible. But it comes a time where the last shall be first. Where the last shall be first. So you might feel like you're late. You might feel like you're behind. You really, you might feel like it should have happened to me already. It should have happened for me already. But the last shall be first. So there's going to come a time where you will be crowned king. You will be crowned queen. Okay. There will become a time that the word of the Lord has to come to pass. Because he watches it to perform it. And it does not return to him void. There comes a time when everything that he spoke over your life will become a reality. And that time for many of people is now. And when I say now, it could be today, tomorrow, the next day. That's between you and God. You have to go back to the Lord. You have to test this word, test the spirit. Go to the Lord to see if this is your word, if it's for you. But I'm telling you that this is a season where there's a crowning taking place. And what do I mean by a crowning? A crowning is that you're going to fully walk into the, the fulfillment of the word of God over your life. Whatever God has said about you, whatever the, the Lord spoke about you, what, whatever he said he was going to do through you, wherever he said he was going to send you wherever he said that he was going to promote you whatever he said again i'm not talking about people and i'm not talking about just yourself i'm talking about what the lord spoke what was already set in place before the foundation of the world because we have to understand god has finished creating he already created everything in those six days he's finished creating so now all we're waiting for is the fulfillment of what he's already created and see everything has a time this is why Ecclesiastes 3 says there's a time and season for everything under the sun. Everything has a time. So there comes a time when, you're, when you will no longer be processed and you are ready and God is going to crown you. Joseph was crowned second in command. David was crowned king over the people of Israel. Over the kingdom of Israel. And it's only three kings that were kings over the entire nation of Israel. Saul, David, and Solomon. After Solomon, the kingdom was 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 uh, split in two in the northern and southern kingdom. But there comes a time where God is going to elevate you and exalt you. The Bible says after you have suffered a little while. You will be exalted in due season. For a lot of us, it is due season. And so the last thing I want to um, say before I end today's episode is um, God has remembered you. God has remembered you. When I think of the story of Hannah in 1 Samuel 1, and it says, God and God remembered Hannah. After Hannah went and just, she just went and lamented and she just, just was in supplication and just really just in anguish and crying out to God in the temple, you know, and Eli thought she was drunk and she had to tell Eli, no, I'm a woman of great anguish. I'm a woman of a broken heart and I am crying out to the Lord. And he had to then say, you know what? May the Lord grant that whatever you request of him, go in peace. And in that moment, she got up and her countenance changed. Her circumstance didn't change, but her countenance did because there's something about that moment where she believed that God had heard her. 
and then it says that they go they travel back home from Shiloh from the temple from the place where they had to go to offer up the sacrifice to the Lord they get back home and it says her husband knew her meaning that they had intercourse they were married they had intercourse and in the act of intercourse that's when it says and the Lord remembered Hannah he remembered Hannah. Why? Because Hannah wanted a child. And the way to produce a child is to actually have intercourse or become one with your spouse, right? To engage in the act of what produces a child. And so she engaged in that act with her husband. And because she was in the right place and she was in faith, she was engaging with her husband to do the thing that will produce what she was asking for. Come on, somebody. Hear that. I don't want nobody's mind to get to get to, to, to go, you know, and get caught up on the act of sex or the act of intercourse. It's not about that. What it is about is she was in the position to get what it was she was asking God for. She was in a position to conceive because she was doing what was necessary to conceive. And in her doing what was necessary to conceive, the Bible says, and God remembered her. And so I just want to tell you that God remembers you. God remembers you. But just like Hannah, we have to make sure that we are in position doing the thing, preparing for the thing that we're asking God for. Come on, somebody. Faith without works is dead. Faith does not sit idle. Faith calls us to action. And we don't know if she struggled, you know, being intimate with her husband until then. Because she was being tormented for years by Panaya. She was being tormented by the fact that she had this unfulfilled prayer and desire. She desired a child. The other wife was having all these children, popping out children. The wife's servant was popping out children. Her servant was popping out children, but she was not. So she dealt with the anguish of having an unfulfilled desire. She dealt, dealt with the anguish, anguish of being taunted and tormented by a rival by the other wife right and so we don't know because when we deal with things like that sometimes it's hard for us to be intimate so we don't even know if maybe up until then maybe she struggled in that area of intimacy because we see Elkina asked her am I not better than 10 sons but sometimes we're so overtaken with just disappointment the bible tells us hope deferred makes the heart sick but now we see that after she had that experience at the temple, when she left and she she ate, the Bible says she ate. Before that, she wasn't eating. Her whole countenance was down. Everything about her was down. But after she came back from that last encounter at the temple, she was eating. Her spirits was up. And now we see she was able to be intimate with her husband. And in faith, though, because she still hadn't conceived yet. But then the Lord remembered her. So I just want to admonish somebody, whatever you're asking God for, make sure that you're doing what's necessary in faith to receive what you're asking of him. Make sure. I don't know what that is for you. Go to the Lord and ask him, Lord, what should I be doing to prepare for what I'm asking you for? Lord, what is my instructions? And I'm sure he'll give it to you. Amen. And so I just pray that this episode bless you all. I know it blessed me. The Lord is speaking. I believe that this word is literally a right now word. And so I pray that you take it, take it back to the Lord and meditate, you know, and just sit with the Lord and allow him to give you more uh, details and elaborate on it further for you. Um, again, I started out with Matthew 21 through 16. Um, we went to Genesis 37 the story of Joseph, and then we um, ended with um, 1 Samuel chapter 1 with the story of Hannah. And we did also talk about the story of David, um, which is also in, um, I think it starts in 2 Samuel? I'm not sure, because I did not turn to it. Nevertheless, um, those are the, just kind of the main points that we hit on in today's episode. Um, as always, I pray the Lord will bless you and keep you. I pray the Lord will make his face to shine upon you, be gracious to you, and grant you his peace. And just know, your past does not define you. It develops you, and you are worthy.